electricity, a big idea that's inspired countless new ones. From powering the light bulb to virtually powering our entire lives. 30 years ago, State Street launched the Spider S&P 500 ETF, SPY. A big idea that inspired the world to invest differently. And still does. What can you do with SPY? Before investing, consider the funds, investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses. Visit SSGA.com for a prospectus containing this and other information. Read it carefully before investing. SPY is subject to risks similar to those of stocks. All ETFs are subject to risk, including possible loss of principal. Alps Distributors, Inc. Distributor. We do want to start and bring you up to date with the breaking news that you've been watching on CNBC on the closing bell. And if you're just joining us, just blocks from the Freedom Tower in the heart of the financial capital of the world, six people were reportedly killed when a man drove a pickup truck into a bike path on the lower west side of Manhattan. For the very latest, let's get to Sue Herrera back at CNBC headquarters. Sue. Thank you, Melissa. It obviously is still a very active scene. This is still a developing story. It happened about an hour and 15 minutes ago. Here's what we know. We have six people dead, at least 15 injured. We do expect that number, possibly that death toll to rise because we are told that those injuries, uh, some of them anyway, are severe. We are told that as this driver entered the West Side Highway pedestrian and bike path. He mowed down multiple people. Then he apparently, according to multiple sources, tell WNBC, deliberately targeted a bus with school children on it. That is why the front of that truck is so damaged. He then got out of the truck. As you can see, that is him. We suspect that that is the suspect. He ran across the West Side Highway, multiple lanes, stopping traffic. If you look closely at the video, it appears as though he has something in his hand. Police are identifying that as a, a weapon weapon that they now know is a fake weapon. It was not a real gun, but they were far enough back so that they could not tell. They fired on this gentleman who we believe is the suspect, wounding him. He is still alive and in custody. We do not believe there are any other suspects. It is considered and being investigated act as an act of terrorism. Uh, the West Side Highway south of 20th Street is closed as they continue to investigate the situation. All of the feeder uh, streets that lead onto the West Side Highway have been closed and will remain closed for some time. The two main schools that are in that area, the high school and the grammar school and middle school, are basically on lockdown. We do not know when they will lift that lockdown, but the suspect is in custody, so perhaps that will happen soon. Uh, at this point, we know that the mayor and the governor are both on the scene. They are being briefed. We expect a police briefing at about 515. Uh, according to WNBC, and this is just coming in, uh, the suspect's ID indicates he has a Florida residence. We do not know anything more about him than that. And again, we want to caution that we assume that the man that we saw in that video earlier is the suspect that was uh, shot and subdued by police. Bob Pisani is going to have more on that in just a few minutes. So the death toll stands at 6. The injury toll stands at 15. Still an active scene. And it's being investigated as an act of terror. Melissa, back to you. And, Sue, that truck was rented, correct, from Home Depot. So it I is. imagine there's some tracking of, of who this individual was or is exactly. and where he got this truck from. So exactly. can sort of we reached, pinpoint the area. We reached out to Home Depot. Mm -hmm. uh, they responded to us by saying that they are uh, cooperating fully with authorities. We asked them for an update when it becomes available and when authorities say that they can give us an update. But it apparently was rented and, uh, and it was used for these purposes this afternoon. All right, Sue, thank you. Keep mm -hmm. us updated. Sue Herrera back at headquarters. Very difficult situation. The human toll is obviously very tragic.
uh, we want to try and figure out if this is going to have an impact on what we do. Yeah, and it's unfortunate we have to dissect it that way. And obviously, we've seen incidents like this happen all over the world. And, you know, it, it hits home, obviously, a little bit more because we've all walked on these streets, and it's literally a few blocks from where we are now. Problem is, and it pains me to say this, the market has become so desensitized to things like this that I don't think it was, it's going to have a meaningful <laughs> impact on the market. And I don't know if that's necessarily a good thing or a bad thing, but I think that's just the facts speak for themselves. This happened within market hours, and an S&P, which was up at one point maybe five handles, closed up two handles. So I think the market had time to digest maybe not the magnitude but I think the events, and, and as, as it continues to bears out, market doesn't seem to care about any of these things. We've had a, a situation similar to this here in Times Square when a driver plowed through pedestrians. That was deemed, though, almost immediately to not be a terrorist attack. This is being investigated as terrorism. Does that change the tone or the impact in your view? It absolutely does. Um, I, I think, you know, New Yorkers go about their business every day as, as feeling like, you know, we can, we can take on the world. Uh, I think New Yorkers will continue to do that. Uh, I do think there's going to be a much greater cost uh, in terms of security. Uh, tonight's Halloween. Um, blocks are closed down where, you know, it, it's a very uh, active night around the city. So um, I, I do think that there at least, look, you know, this is my city. It's where I live. Um, this feels different. And I know that's not fair to all the other places. But I think as we think about this right now, um, uh, you know, the, the toll is beginning to grow, and I do mean the global toll on this. It's, it's Guy's absolutely right. There's been no market impact so far um, from any of these events, including some of the biggest ones the world has ever seen. It's, it's a momentary blip, and I think in terms of how companies are going to respond to this, um, I think in the immediate term, I don't see much happening. Yeah. Karen? Um, well, assuming that it is an isolated incident and nothing else happens in the very near future, I agree with Guy. I mean, it's an awkward endeavor to try to say what is the effect of people's lives obviously changed forever or over or families ruined, but to the market, impervious to this kind of thing. Yeah. Um, we will, of course, know more. As who had mentioned, uh, you know, police are investigating this as an, uh, a terrorist attack. They have a suspect in custody. He is injured, but over the next few hours, over the next, uh, over the evening, we should probably get some more details on whether he acted alone or if there are other people involved here? Yeah, you know, I wonder, yeah, obviously the location down near the Chambers is right on, um, you know, uh, where 9-11 took place there, mm -hmm. if you think about it. There's and, symbolism and, to that. Yeah, there, there could be. But, you know, at the end of the day, I mean, the, the financial markets have not seen an impact from terrorism. I think you have to go all the way back to 04, 05, the Madrid, and the London bombings. Mm -hmm. I, I can't tell you in the last 10 years how many times we've sat on this desk Paris, Nice, I mean, the list goes on and on, London, and yeah. we're talking about this sort of stuff, and, and there really have been no repercussions. I mean, for all intents and purposes, maybe there's been quick dips. Um, but at the end of the day, we have to start thinking about what's the difference between domestic terrorism and, and kind of fundamental um, terrorism, because I don't really know, in my mind, what the difference is between somebody who mowed down people, um, you, you know, without any terrorist implications right here in Times you Square versus, yeah, I mean, you know, so, you know, and, and I've lived here for 20 years. And New Yorkers, like Tim said, you know, we go out like we're going to take all over the place and, and it doesn't affect us. Yeah. For more on this, let's bring in Bob Pisani, who is in lower Manhattan near the scene on the corner of Greenwich and Chambers. Bob, what do you see? Yeah, Melissa, I'm, I'm right on the corner of Greenwich and Chambers. It's a little less than a block away from the incidents. The police have it cordoned off, so I can't get any closer. But I did speak to a student 
who witnessed at least part of this incident. His name was Tawid Kabir. He's a student with the community college here, and he was in a class uh, coming out of that class and saw the truck had just immediately hit something, and he saw a man get out, uh, and he's got a video of it. He's posted it on Snapchat. I don't know if you can see any of this, but the man seems to be wandering around somewhat aimlessly in the middle of the street. He appears to have some objects in his hand. It's difficult to see exactly what they were. He said, to his mind, uh, not far away, they looked like guns, uh, and he saw a man chasing him. Uh, and then he heard gunshots, and he hit the ground, uh, got down, uh, and he heard multiple gunshots. And when he got up, uh, the man was lying uh, on the ground, and police uh, ran up to him. Uh, so, again, he's put that up on his, uh, his Snapchat. Uh, there is a fairly large, obviously, police presence here, but also a fairly large number of people just standing around seeing they can get any more information. Uh, the police uh, have not really given us any update here. There's no scrum here or anybody uh, giving us any particular information right now. So all we've got is a lot of police vehicles and some people moving in, some medevac units that just moved in and out fairly quickly in the last 15 or 20 minutes. Melissa? I mean, Dan had, had mentioned that 9-11 uh, happened just blocks away from there. This is a neighborhood, certainly, that's taken its knocks when it comes to, to being the, the target of, of terrorism. Yes, and uh, in fact, uh, I, I, of course, spent a lot of time uh, after 9-11 down here covering that several weeks, literally right uh, on the corner, one block away. So this, this neighborhood... Uh, uh, has gone through a, a lot of difficulties and a lot of heartache around uh, around 9/11. Of course, we're right in the middle of rush hour right now, so just a, a huge amount of traffic and people moving around for the moment. But I have to say, um, uh, echoing what everyone else is saying, it's quite calm down here. People are moving around, going about their business, stopping and looking. It's just it's, it's just rush hour. Uh, the huge crush of traffic in downtown Manhattan is uh, actually not that unusual, Melissa. Yeah, and Bob, we're trying to figure out if this time around it would be different in terms of the market impact. If the fact that this is happening on, on U.S. grounds, uh, that this is being investigated as, a, as an act of terrorism, that it happened just blocks away uh, from the New York Stock Exchange, will this have an impact this time on the markets? Well, as you heard, we did have time to digest it. Yes, mm -hmm. we did lose three or four handles. I think the key is whether what's the motivation here. Uh, if this turns out to be some, some deranged person, um, I think the impact will be very limited. If we get some kind of political declaration or something like that, which we don't have any information on that right now, um, the, the, that'll be different. But there are some indications this may be a case of road rage. The fellow seemed to indicate that somebody was chasing him around here. So um, I think we need to just get all of the facts before we make any conclusions. Yeah, and, and Bob, in terms of uh, the police activity down there right now, has it picked up since you got on the scene? Uh, oh, yeah, they're trying to get me out of here. Um, I'm standing right on the corner. They're trying to move us away. Uh, the, um, the, the police activity is, is very intense. They're just not letting anybody get any closer to the actual scene. There's still a lot of medevac uh, down on the scene. You can see a whole bunch of ambulances there, so I'm, they haven't brought anybody out, but... Um, they did bring units in while I was standing here. So it's still very much a, an active uh, police scene right now, Melissa. All right, Bob, thank you. Bob Pisani, who's uh, on the corner of, 
I believe, Greenwich and Chambers right now, close to the scene of the accident. As Bob had mentioned, the police have cordoned off the area, so there's no uh, traffic in or out of that area. So he's standing sort of at the perimeter of it, looking in at the police activity. He said the police uh, presence is very heavy there. There are a lot of medevacs. Not clear as to whether or not there are any injured, injured people still uh, on the premises, but a lot of medevacs uh, still there and in presence. Yeah, I, I don't want to be dismissive of Bob, and, and obviously he's a lot closer to the situation than any of us are, but it, it, I, it, for, I don't understand how this can be just an aggravated Driver. road rage. It, yeah. it seems a little excessive. Home Depot, I mean, the, 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 it doesn't make a lot of sense for it to be just that. So, again, being as respectful as I can be to the entire situation and to Bob's comments, it seems more than that. That said, I think we all have similar... Um, feelings as to what market impact this will have. I don't think it makes any of us happy to have the conversation about the lack of impact it will have, but that's the reality that we found ourselves in, as Dan mentioned before. Uh, we've got another update here on this developing story, so let's get to Courtney Reagan, who's in the newsroom. Courtney. Hi there, Melissa. NBC News is reporting that U.S. intelligence officials are treating this as a terror attack, and they are examining whether or not there are possible international terrorism ties. Just to repeat some of the information that we have, WNBC is reporting there are six dead and 15 injured. NBC News says that the president has been briefed, as well as the first lady who sends her thoughts and prayers to New York and those affected. NBC News is reporting that the suspect did say Allah Akbar when exiting the truck. He is a male in his mid-30s, a Florida resident. He was shot by police, but is apparently alive at Bellevue Hospital, this according to NBC News. Melissa? All right, Courtney, thank you. Courtney Reagan with an update on that. So that is a, a major development as we start uh, digesting what has happened. Well, and, and look, this is a time that the country needs to come together. The president needs to be very presidential. Um, and I, I, I don't want to make this political. So I'll just say that's what we need right now uh, at a time when Washington is very distracted. Uh, it's, an, it's a massive week, if you think about it, for the markets. It's a massive week for the president. Um, You've got the tax draft coming out tomorrow. You've got possibly a new Fed chair being announced on Thursday. You've got a payroll number on Friday. The Fed started a meeting today. Um, to say that markets should just sail through this stuff is a really difficult thing for a market that I think has been starting to show um, some some undercurrents of volatility. You certainly see it in dispersion and how stocks are acting. Um, we're going to possibly get on the show tonight if we get to it, um, a case where you really see some stocks that have been absolutely taken out to the woodshed um, and where they have a chance to come back or not. But my point is that this is a time when you start to weave in an international terrorist element of this. Again, New York isn't special. The rest of the world has suffered. Right. Um, but we will react differently here. It changes when it happens in your backyard. And I'm not just talking about New York, but I'm, the United Absolutely. States. It changes when it happens within our borders, doesn't it? I, well, the, I do feel like this is a major development. That yeah. is something new. It's amazing to me, again, how simple this plan is, what you can do with a very, with you a know, rented with a rented car. And a BB gun. Right. And um, That's all it takes. Yes. So that, that, that part is scary. Again, I stick to this, though, uh, this idea that if, if this is isolated today, tonight, um, I do think the market will really look past it and look to other things. All the things that Tim mentioned are weighing so heavily on the market, yeah. up or down. In case you just tuned in, just join us. Uh, here's a major development that we reported just moments ago. U.S. intelligence officials are investigating this as an act of terror. 
Um, officials say that when this man exited his rented vehicle from Home Depot, the man shouted, Allahu Akbar. The man then began firing from what was a BB gun or pellet gun. He fired at least six shots. He has been taken into custody. He is at Bellevue Hospital. The extent of his injuries are unknown right now. We're going to closely monitor this for any new developments. Mayor Bill de Blasio will be speaking shortly. But in the meantime, as hard as it may be, we're going to turn our attention back to the markets where there was a lot to talk about today. We're going to do that right after this break. Stay tuned. Welcome back to Fast Money. The latest NBC Wall Street Journal polls on tax reform are out ahead of tomorrow's highly anticipated unveiling of the bill. Let's get to John Harwood in D.C. for more. John. Melissa, this poll shows Republicans have got a lot of work to do on that tax reform debate that starts tomorrow. Just take a look at these numbers and how soft the support is. It starts out with only 25% of the American people saying that this tax plan is a good idea. 35% say it's a bad idea. When you ask, how's it going to affect your taxes? Just 14% believe that they'll get a tax cut. More, 25%, think their taxes are going to go up in this plan. And then finally, what's the overall effect going to be on the economy? You've only got 19% of the people who start this debate believing that this tax plan would have a significant positive effect on the economy. Two-thirds think it wouldn't do all that much. Now, Republicans have a chance to change some of those numbers with the debate that begins tomorrow. They're going to roll out the plan first to Republican members, uh, then to the public as a whole in a, a series of rolling press conferences that are going to happen tomorrow. We'll find out then, is there going to be a higher top rate, perhaps the current 39.6 for the highest earners? Uh, what exactly is going to be the resolution of the state and local income tax deduction? Many other details, the phase-in or not phase-in uh, of the corporate 20% tax rate, rules for the pass-through corporations, all of those things are going to be clarified tomorrow and begin this battle. And, of course, Democrats are going to be part of this message battle as well, and they're going to go after this plan, guys, as something that they will argue helps the rich and increases the deficit. All right, John, thank you. John Harwood in Washington, D.C. for us. Um, if these poll numbers are actually reflective of what the American people think, this could be a tough slog in terms of convincing members of Congress to go along with this, which would be what for the markets then? I would, I would think the numbers that I see coming out for tomorrow, what the market should interpret as negative. I mean, the home builders, for example, if the mortgage deduction goes away, which is I've heard been... That should not be great for the home builders. With that said, many of these home builders are at multi-year highs, so I would think that would be negative. I think the numbers themselves, even if it would go through, would, should be construed somewhat negative. And they're talking about getting this done by Thanksgiving. I think that's a little optimistic, against, given the backdrop of everything President Trump is currently dealing with. So from where I'm looking at it, I, it's hard to find a positive in, in some of the numbers that I've looked at. Yeah. And this could very well face delays uh, at this point. I mean, if, if what happened in lower Manhattan is a much bigger event uh, or is more time consuming in, on Capitol Hill for whatever reason, that could that could mean, a you know, even yeah. a day or two. I mean, I, I really don't think um, even in the absence of this horrific event today, uh, timing was something you could feel confident about. I mean, think about what we got yesterday. I mean, th think about the distractions in D.C. right now. And, and it's very clear the White House has been distracted by Bob Mueller, as they should be. Um, so, you know, it just timing on this is very challenging. At one point, we, we, we debate whether the taxes, you know, whether it's reformer cuts or in the, in the stock market. Again, look to the IWM and tell me that you don't see tax reform in this market. I mean, small caps have rallied off the hook. Um, they are the greatest immediate beneficiary of this. Um, and I do think you have some fear.
I, I agree. I do think the market's starting to price in a much higher likelihood of tax. Uh, like yesterday, just so you saw the market's reaction to that phase-in plan, right. how dramatic that was briefly. But I, I do think that, you know, maybe six weeks ago, it was much lower than what's priced in now. So if this, you know, if this isn't received well, I do think the market will trade off. Yeah, we are in a market at record highs. Yeah, but I think it's broader than that. I, I think the chances of broad-based reform are not just just not great. And I think the problem is from the Republican side. It's not even the Democratic side. They're pushing forward like they don't need Democrats, but they're not going to get it from their own caucus. So to me, I think what happens here is we get into 2008. We haven't had infrastructure. We haven't had health care. We don't have a wall. There's just no legislative agenda other than some deregulation that this administration could point to right at the time where the Mueller thing is really heating up. So then you have a situation in 2018 where nothing gets done. It's just gridlock as we head into the midterms. You think nothing will happen even in 2018? Because even if something nothing. happens in 2018, they can make it retroactive nothing on reform. and the market I mean, impact You think be... no tax change I, I think all. there may be cuts, but there won't be reform. Mm -hmm. I think the okay. best thing that this Congress could do is get together and do a bipartisan, a multi-decade epic sort of tax reform. I mean, that's something they should do together. And you then... just said why that's not going to happen. Well, I mean, this no... year it's not going to happen. Okay, what they need to do is they need another bruising defeat, and I think they're going to get that. And then they're going to have to come together. Remember the Chuck and Nancy bit? He's going to need a win any way he can do it, and that's how they're going to do it. It's going to be bipartisan. If it's going to get done, it's going to happen next year. And, and, and let, let me tell you, so just the point is about yesterday like you made, this thing is all careening into an absolute disaster in the fall of 2018 for the Republicans. If we only get... Uh, cuts, not reform. If we get cuts on corporate and we get cuts to say 25 and not 20, isn't that good enough for IWM? I, I think it would be, but I'm not hearing 25. I'm hearing probably closer to, to 30, 32, and then it graduates down over the course of four or five years. I'm not saying that the, what I'm hearing is correct. That's what I've heard. I think to Tim's point, so just IWM quickly, when President Trump was elected in November, I think the IWM was somewhere around 110, 115. You've had probably a 27% rally, if my math is correct. 26%, oh, exactly. Yeah. Over Nicely that course yeah. of time, suggesting, to back up Tim's argument, it's, tax reform is priced in somewhere, and I think it's manifesting itself in the IWM price action over the last, effectively, 12 months. Is it a short in your view? Do you fade this? <clears throat> not yet. And, okay. and I'm not trying to be glib, but no, not yet. Yeah. Yeah. I, well, I, I tell you what, I mean, the, the market hasn't really cared. What Dan brought up has probably been the most important thing about this administration is they are symbolic with deregulation. Whether they get it or not, every person that's appointed at one of these major committees has been usually the person that was opposing the former head. So, I mean, you have a case where deregulation implicitly is in this marketplace. I, I, by the way, I, I'll get up there and tell you, I think that's a good thing. Um, I don't think some of those appointments are a good thing, but that's not for this show. Um, the IWM's up 12% since August when the government started sprinkling in tax stuff. Um, at a time when we had a lot of other distractions with hurricanes, it kept the market elevated. You can't tell me this is not in the market. All right, still ahead. Electronic Arts up 50% this year, but it's sinking after hours following its earnings report. So are any of the traders buying this dip? I'm Melissa Lee. You're watching Fast Money on CNBC, first in business worldwide. In the meantime, here's what else is coming up on Fast. The iPhone 10 is here, and if you think you know everything there is to know about it, think again. We're going to show you something that will blow your mind and maybe have you buying the stock. And that's when Fast Money returns.
Welcome back to Fast Money on this Halloween night. We're taking a look at General Electric's dark October. The stock is on track or was on track for its worst month since February 2009, falling 17 percent and shedding $34 billion in market cap. The industrial giant sinking toward 20 bucks a share. And check out the scary chart. The stock nearing its flash crash intraday low of $19.37. It's the only Dow stock that's even close to retreating to those historic levels. GE, in case you forget, is in energy and aerospace. Those groups surging along with the multinational industrial. So how low can one of America's most widely held stocks go? And at this point, should it even be in the Dow? Guy. Well, I don't make decisions on the Dow. My short answer would be no, it should not be in the Dow. There are other companies that are far better suited to be and have done a much better job. I don't make that decision. But where should the stock trade to? We've talked about this. And again, a lot of this comes down to math. They have an investor update on November 13th. What is the right multiple for a company with effectively no earnings growth whatsoever um, in an industry that's being dominated by the likes of Honeywell? I don't think it deserves the same multiple as Honeywell, which it sort of currently enjoys. I think it should be a little bit lower. Lower, what does that mean? 15, 15 and a half. They're going to earn $1.20. I think it's an 18 and a half dollar stock, and I think it trades there by the time we see the investor update on November 13th, which, by the way, on that day, as we have seen now with a number of different companies, Within the course of two, three weeks, a lot can change. So mm -hmm. I'm not saying something. I have no idea what could change, but something can change. So I think it's a no touch until then. The, the lower it goes, the better the opportunity is for an entry point alongside. It's just pretty clear. I mean, I don't know if you guys listened to a couple Fridays ago, the day that it got uh, nailed on its earnings. It started getting better as Flannery, the new CEO, was talking to David right. Faber in a very long interview. And I thought it was a pretty impressive interview. If he has all day to do that with analysts and this thing is in the teens, I think this sets up as a great opportunity. Um, you know, listen, you know, what are the some of the parts of this thing? We're not even hearing that. All we're hearing about is what sort of businesses are they going to exclude right now um, to cut those earnings declines, how much they're going to cut the dividend, those sorts of things. Sentiment has gone the other way in a big, big way very quickly. So to me, I think the lower it goes, the better the setup into November 3rd. You're in. It, I'm, You're in. It, I'm in it, you know, and I'm in it about 12 percent higher. You know, to me, I look at this chart and I say, you know, a proper break of 20, wherever that is, means it's time to totally reassess. But, you know, this is a company that told you at that last chat that, or certainly at that earnings, there's an uptick in their power and oil and gas businesses. And they're, they're telling you this all the time, that there's some headwinds on the aviation side. How do you get to 105 to 110? Most of the street is still struggling to get as low as they have taken you. So back to guys multiple. I mean, put an S&P multiple on this, and it's a $19 stock. Um, and, and that's nothing to get excited about for a company that's not going to grow. But for a company that has a ton of intrinsic value, the big issue, back to Your his, mic fell off. Oh, my mic fell Your off. Mic Can anybody still off. hear me? Well, How about that? I'll talk to my tie really no. close. Um, <laughs> they, at, at 18 times, this is a stock that needs to earn basically a dollar. Okay. Um, do you think they can do that with these core assets? I believe, by the way, Brent was at 61 bucks today. Is at 28-month highs, and I think it's going higher. So the low ebb in their power uh, and oil and gas businesses may, in fact, already be well behind us. I don't know if you caught the Wall Street Journal article about the accounting at GE, but how confusing their earnings numbers are. They have like when they put out four different metrics, earnings and right. you get to choose. It, right, and yeah. you, you decide which one you're going to use uh, to to gauge GE. Right. How do you do that? It's Even very the hard. The wrote them a letter. Yeah, it's very hard. I mean, investors, certainly fundamental investors, love transparency. They have not been known tra for transparency going all the way back 
to the era where they never missed. They never missed, which right. doesn't make any sense Indeed, that that actually. Indeed, provide transparency. Right. So it's 32 right. cents a share because. beat by a penny. And they, so how could it be they never missed to the upside and they never missed <laughs> to the downside? So clearly the transparency is not one of the, you know, what GE is known for. It is interesting to me. If I were to say to both of you guys, for sure, the dividend will be cut. Would you feel good about that and say that's a floor? That's going to be uh, the retail investor getting out. And, um, and would you cut, cut or, or let, let, let's say let's say lowered, lowered. Okay, lowered. Uh, not, not. I think that's in the price. It's in the price. Right? I, I think will, that's I in the be. price it right now. Right. But right. Um, maybe on that day, I do think that that's a, a catalytic event. Right. Yeah, I think it's important to remember that when they cut in the worst financial, um, you know, situation uh, imaginable back in 08, you know, they cut from, I think, 30 cents a share, the dividend down to 10 cents. It didn't last long, and they went back up soon. I think that would have been, that will be the sort of sentiment flush that I think people need. So, um, but I think Flannery was not particularly clear that that news is going to come on November 13th. That being said, the stock has actually declined 20% since that interview, and the board um, is probably, a lot of them need to save their jobs, too, on on that board. So they need to do something. They need to get the bad news out as soon as possible. So to me, I think that that's probably the flush that's needed. All right. Coming up, Facebook in the hot seat after admitting more than 120 million users were exposed to Russian-backed content. So why don't investors seem to care? We'll explain. Plus, it's a moment we have all been waiting for. The iPhone 10 has arrived. We've got it here on set. And there is something about it that will just dazzle you, maybe have you buying the stock. We'll put it to the fast money test when we come right back. We have new developments on the incident in Lower Manhattan. Mayor Bill de Blasio speaking moments ago. Courtney Reagan's in the newsroom with the latest. Courtney. Hi there, Melissa. That's right. So we do now have a confirmed eight people that have died from this attack. Fifteen are injured, according to WNBC. WNBC also reporting the suspect is being treated at Bellevue Hospital. At the press conference, officials have confirmed he is a 29-year-old male. WNBC says he has a Florida ID. Here is what Bill de Blasio, the New York City mayor, had to say. It's a very painful day in our city. Horrible tragedy on the west side. Let me be clear that based on the information we have at this moment, this was an act of terror and a particularly cowardly act of terror. New York Governor Andrew Cuomo also speaking at the press conference saying this does appear to be an isolated incident. The new terrorist tactic, uh, which they've called for publicly, are these lone wolves who commit an act of terror. Uh, this is all very preliminary. It's only been a couple of hours, but at this point there's, there's no evidence to suggest a wider plot or a wider scheme. President Trump has been briefed on the incident. The press conference continues, and President Trump tweeting in NYC looks like another attack by a very sick and deranged person. Law enforcement is following this closely, not in the USA. Melissa, when we have more developments, we'll make sure to bring them to you. All right, Courtney, thank you. Courtney Reagan at headquarters. Let's get back to Bob Pisani, who is in lower Manhattan, half a block away from hey. where the incident happened. Bob. 
Uh, Melissa, I'm on the corner of uh, Greenwich and Chambers Street here, right on the edge of the police line. They won't let us go any further, but if you can look down further, you can see about a half a block away, uh, still a lot of flashing police lights. There were some very large police investigative vans that were there a short while ago. This is still very much a, an active crime scene. There is a very large group of police officers that have been standing there for quite some time uh, discussing things, and we've seen some medevac units come in and out, although no, no individuals have actually come in and out. The tone down here has changed. Changed a bit uh, in the last few minutes, as you heard from Courtney, the mayor saying this was an act of terrorism. That definitely changes things in the tenor uh, of the way people are talking uh, down here right now. I did talk to a student a short while ago who was a witness to part of the events. His name was Tawid Kabir. He's a student down here at the local community college. He actually had partial video of the event that he put on his Snapchat site. He said he got out of the class. He was getting out of one of his classes. He saw uh, the, the truck had already uh, uh, had an accident. Had a collision. A man had gotten out, was wandering in the middle of the street with what looked like uh, a gun in his hand. He could not identify whether it was fake or not, but he said did appear to have something in his hand. Uh, the man got out, was waving things around. Uh, another man, he said, was chasing him. Uh, and then he heard gunshots. Uh, Tawid hit the floor. A lot of people just got down on the floor when they saw the gunshots or heard the gunshots. Uh, and when he got up again to look, uh, the man uh, who was wielding these objects was lying on the floor and police uh, were rushing up to him. Uh, so that's what we have right now. And he did post that uh, on his Snapchat. And again, down here, tones changed uh, from speculation about what could be going on. And now that everybody is seeing around, uh, talking about what the mayor just said a few moments ago, uh, definitely uh, a bit more serious tone down here. Melissa, back to you. Bob, thank you. Bob Pisani is just a block away from where the incident happened earlier today. Uh, we are talking about the reaction of the markets, but the reaction of the president and how this is being perceived in Washington uh, and how it's being talked about in Washington will, will certainly influence the direction of the markets. I mean, we did get this tweet from Donald Trump. The last sentence, not in the USA, in all caps with an exclamation point. This seems to indicate perhaps a tough stance when it comes to terrorism here. Uh, within our borders. Amen. Um, we should have an enormously tough stance. We should do everything we can. And, and you know what? We should be intolerant of this. And, and good for him. Go get him. I mean, we, we've got to, we, and we've got to make it, uh, you know, we have to disincentivize people to be there. It's a much harder, harder thing to do. But let's hope the, presidential fo the presidentialness follows through. All right. Uh, we'll bring you all developments as we have them. Meantime, I'm going to take a quick break. Fast Money, be right back. Stay tuned. Welcome back to Fast Money. Big Tech taking the stand on Capitol Hill today as executives from Facebook, Twitter, and Google testify on Russia's meddling in the election. Let's get to Kayla Tausche in Washington with the very latest. Kayla. Melissa, it was part one of three-part grilling this week on Capitol Hill. Well, lawmakers are trying to size up the loopholes at these companies that allowed Russian influence to permeate their platforms during the 2016 campaign season to the tune of 126 million news feeds on Facebook, some 37,000 accounts on Twitter that were connected to Russian entities, and posts on YouTube that got 309,000 views uh, that were linked to Russian entities as well. At the highest level, uh, take Google, questioned over its business model and all of these companies' refusal to acknowledge that they are media companies and have editorial responsibilities. Are you a media company or a neutral technology platform? Uh, we, we're uh, a technology platform primarily. That's what I thought you'd say. Yeah. You don't think you're... You don't think you're one of the largest news, the largest newspaper in 92 countries? Uh, we are not a newspaper. 
we're a platform for uh, sharing of information that can include news from sources such as newspapers. At a more granular level, Twitter said that anonymity remains a problem for it because it makes the lineage of some of its accounts and the customers who are purchasing ads impossible to track. And they said that automated accounts linked to Russia are still an issue today. And then there's Facebook, which said that Russian entities imitated social causes, which was why it was so difficult for them to pin down where those were coming from. Uh, they did say they're committed to adding some 10,000 people to their safety and security team. That would be doubling what the company says it has now. But they would not commit to banning purchases of ads in certain currencies, despite the fact that ads purchased in rubles were part of the 126 million news feeds that were part of this overall issue. For all of these companies, Melissa, there was one theme, and that was culpability. Lawmakers today making very clear that if companies themselves did not regulate these issues, then Capitol Hill and Congress would take matters into their own hands. We'll see what tomorrow brings. Back to you. All right, Kayla, thank you. Kayla Tashi in Washington, D.C. So far, the stocks really haven't done much in response to any of this. But at some point, as Kayla had mentioned, a lot of the lawmakers on Capitol Hill sound like they want to point the finger at someone, at some organization for the well, role. They're, they're a media Russian. company. I mean, come yes. on. Yes. They're, they're absolutely a media company. And it's probably not 92 countries. It's 9,000 countries. It's the entire world. Are you kidding me? These guys are a media company. They're, they're very happy they're a media company. They may call themselves a, a, commer a commerce play. I mean, it's clearly about ad revenue. So you tell me what media companies do. They collect ad revenue. I totally agree with that. I think with the definition of what a media company was created, there, there wasn't anything remotely close to this. They are a media company. But for Facebook tomorrow, I think the worst thing that happened to Facebook was Google's earnings last week and their participation on the heels of it as if they had reported exactly the same thing. They may, they may very well report something very similar, it's but it's better. already priced in. Well, it has to be gigantic, so there's that, which I think they will have a gigantic quarter. But also, they got to address this. Yeah. They have to address this on the call, and this is really important. I don't think they're going to address it on the call dramatically. I think that the, the fact that they've talked about adding 10,000 employees this is a company that has 21,000 employees. That is more than just window dressing. So to me, I think this stock's up 56% of the year. I think you're going to see good earnings. I think you're going to see good guidance. I think you're going to see the stock at least, at the very least, kind of consolidate, but probably break out in a, in a better market. Um, and I'm not telling you to go out and buy it right here, but this is a 2018 story with 56% gains on the year. This thing's not giving it up in the last two months. I Right, exactly. Yeah, I, around I, the world, I think regulators is, want I a piece of Facebook. I think this is a huge 2018 story. I do not expect people you to say sell it now. In break out in a better market. What's a better market well, than I, I just we think, have? Well, right now, at least from a sentiment standpoint, you have a situation where this is the news, right? So you had Google and Amazon were the news last week. Um, this week. We're going to see uh, Facebook's earnings, and now you have all these guys at the Hill. What I'm saying is that's clearly a headwind, and it's one of the things that kept these stocks down when most of the NASDAQ was up today, right? There are media companies there, Google, Facebook. They're media companies when it serves them well to be media companies, and they're technologies companies when they're testifying. You know, I, I, hear what, I think we're, we've all been bullish in Facebook, and quite it's worked out well. I think mm -hmm. Facebook made an all-time high today, and maybe the real story is going to play itself out in 18. I do think, though that there's some sort of sort of Damocles hanging here above nice. Facebook's, thank you, by the way, <laughs> nice. in, in, above Facebook's head in the form of all this congressional testimony that they're going to have to endure. I mean, they're going to have to answer 
for to, you said they want to, somebody said pound of flesh. I believe that, and I think they're going to try to come after companies like that at some point over the next few months. All right, still ahead. It is the moment we have all been waiting for. The iPhone X is here on set. We're putting it to the ultimate test. More Fast Money right after this. Welcome back to Fast Money. The first iPhone 10 reviews are in, and it looks like X marked the spot. The Washington Post declaring that the iPhone 10 will know you better than any phone before it, with The Verge claiming that Apple's new creation proves that works in progress can still be great. And Gadget also chiming in with its own accolade, saying that Apple is changing what it means for an iPhone to be an iPhone. And among the iPhone 10's biggest fans, Mashable's chief correspondent, Lance Ulanoff, who wrote that it changes everything, but the future is in good hands. Well, Lance joins us here now with that, uh, what he's calling an exquisite phone. <laughs> Really, Lance? Uh, yeah, I, I do think that Apple got this right. So um, I'm actually holding the iPhone 10 right now. And, you know, what just happened in that second is I unlocked it with my face. So that is something that you cannot do with the current iPhone. Uh, here's the thing. You have the iPhone 8 and the iPhone 8 Plus. Really good devices. But as I said in my review, they should have been called the iPhone 7S and 7S Plus because they weren't the leap forward that people would really want for that big number change. This is the leap forward. This is the future of iPhones. It's the future of handsets, really. So you have a cleaner face. You have no home button. You have an OLED display. Uh, you have facial recognition, which is part of the True Depth module. Yes, there is a notch in this screen. No, you, you can't miss it but you eventually stop noticing it. It doesn't impact, you know, apps that are, that are designed to work with it. It's fine. Uh, it's a gorgeous-looking device. And, of course, you get things from the module. You get things like, so, for example, we can now do portrait shots that are selfies. So this is a big difference because everybody takes selfies all the time. They look pretty good. Well, this is going to... It's going to look better. You know, you see the back is already... <laughs> Thank I have to goodness. make sure I take that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, because you need it to look better. Um, it does... Obviously, it does things like animojis, which right. are, you know, and I will try... Yeah, you were asking about that, right? It's much, yeah. One of yeah. My so main if you concerns. focus in just on here and you say, hey, I'm on Fast Money right now and I'm a fox, well, because the fox is tracking what I say. All right? So... And then, of course, you may have noticed there's no home button. And yeah. this is a big turning point for the iPhone. This is the future of iPhones. You don't have something there, but you've probably noticed that I haven't had trouble figuring out how to navigate around. So, yes, the first 48 hours I had to kind of learn new gestures. So when I pick it up and it sees my face for the first time and then I sweep up and I'm opening it, that's how I get in. If I open an app, I bring it up. Well, how do I get back home? Well, I can either just sweep back up like that mm -hmm. or if I want to change apps. Right. I'm doing that. So it is a new way of working with your iPhone, but it's a more natural way for me. And right. you have other features, too. Sure. Glass back, wireless charging, which you, of course, have both are phones. very different. Um, you actually put it to the test. Yeah. We do what we normally do. Mm. We send mm -hmm. Guy and you out to test it. And we did take a photo. So if we can pull up the photo. <laughs> That Steve Jobs, obviously, clearly. It's genius. And that was taken far. with that phone. It's taken with this phone. And, you know, again, they, they have the uh, dual camera, the 12 megapixel dual camera. That was uh, using portrait mode, which you can only do with the dual camera. You can do it, obviously, on the iPhone 8 Plus. Uh, but here's the thing. You have an 8 Plus that has a 5.5-inch screen. It's a bigger phone. This is a 5.8-inch screen, and it's a smaller phone. So... 
I'm getting the benefit mm -hmm. of that much screen real estate and the dual camera without having to ha carry something that wow. is that big. Right. So, so there's, there's many things that Apple did here that simply make this a better device, keeping in mind it is $1,000. And I think that is the moment where everybody kind of freaks out a little bit. Even though they're already paying $700 or right. close to $800 for the 8 Plus, it's a threshold. Lance, thank you so much. Lance Ulanoff of Mashable. You have two tens coming to your home I do. this Friday. Uh, the problem, you know, listen, it, it's fantastic for Apple. Um, you know, here's the thing. They played a little trick on consumers this time around, though. The, the entry-level phone is 65 gigabytes, and that's not one that people are going to go for. That's the $1,000 phone. The $1,150 phone is the one with 256 gigabytes. That is a massive stretch, okay? It's $150 more for 192 more gigabytes that you don't need at the end of the day, okay? So a lot of people were pretty comfortable with a 128. Here's the good news for Apple. That is all margin. That is fantastic for their ASPs, and it's all margin. So if they have a lot of supply of these over the next few months, then you're going to see ASPs go higher. You're going to see margin supported. They had dipped in that seven cycle a little bit. So it's good news, and it's been great for the semiconductor. You saw uh, Micron up 6% today on commentary from uh, Samsung saying that NAND flash supply is limited. So right now it feels like everything's fantastic in the, in the smartphone ecosystem. Up next, Final Trades. Final trade time, Tim. Thoughts and prayers to the folks in New York, Citibank. Karen. Uh, yes, I wanted to share that as well. Any New Yorker, it's a very tough time. I am sticking with my EEM bet. Dan. Yeah, GE and the teens. That's up. It's a good one. Salesforce on the back of their investor day today. I'm Melissa Lee. Thanks for watching. See you back here again tomorrow at 5 for more Fast Money. Meantime, Mad Money with Jim Cramer starts right now. What's on the horizon for financial markets? At PGIM, it's a question that over 1,400 investment professionals relentlessly research in pursuit of your long-term goals. Specialized across asset classes, but united in collaboration, our teams provide global and local expertise. Our investments shape tomorrow, today. Pursue your tomorrow with PGIM, a leading global asset manager.